You are listening to the Magnetic Marketing Marketing Secret Gold Members Only Podcast. What a fun day yesterday. I think you guys let me play and have fun and go away over time. And thank you for all the, the film crew and all, everyone's coming back late at night on like a five-minute notice. Uh, this has been super fun for me and I love it. So I'm excited for today. We're having a good time. Um, before we get too deep, I wanted to share just kind of one story. I shared this at the Dry Bar Comedy Club. It was powerful. I think it um, will be good for... For everyone here, um, how many of you guys ever do something and you're publishing, you're trying these things out, and you put a video out and it gets like 17 views, and you're like, dang, I've wasted my time, Woo! right? Or you put out a blog post, and the only person that read it is your mom. <laughs> and then she didn't even like it. She's like, what are you talking about? That's not true. And you're like, duh, mom, come on. Okay? <laughs> it's tough, right? So um, in the second Funnel Hacking Live, one of uh, my friends came and spoke, uh, Sean Stevenson, the three-foot giant, if you guys know Sean, um, amazing, amazing human being, and um, it's fun, fun, we're working on a project with him, and uh, Brandon, who's uh, filming some of your guys' stories out in the hall, he, uh, um, he captured, he's making this video right now with Sean, and he, he found this clip from uh, Funnel Hacking Live that Sean spoke at, and it was the clip, of the entire, Sean's entire presentation was one thing that just resonated with me so strong. I remembered that for like two or three years. So he found, he found the clip and he sent it to me. And uh, I watched it again and just got super emotional. It was powerful. And what he said, he said that. He said, how many of you guys put out a video in your mag? It's like, oh, only 30 people liked it. Or I got 15 views. Or I got two comments. And you're like, all bummed because nothing happened. And he started talking about it. He said, those, those likes, those comments are people. And he said, he said do you know how... The helicopter pilots who are flying when there's a boat that's crashed in the ocean, the helicopter pilots coming, they're trying to save all these people in the ocean. And they come down, and they see all these people, and they're like, who, who do we save? We can't save everyone. People are going to die. Some are going to live, some are going to die. We save someone. He's like, how do we know who to save? Right? And, uh, and Sean asked that question, and we all kind of thought for a minute. And then he said, this is what happens in their training. He said, the only people you can save are the people that are swimming towards the boat. They're swimming towards you. He says, so they get down, they get close, and they see the people are swimming towards them, and they save those people. They grab them, they move them out. They come back, people are swimming towards them, save them, and then grab them. And he says, if they were to go and try to save everybody who's floundering around, people who are going away, all that kind of stuff, he said, all, everybody else would die. They wouldn't be able to save anybody. His message was, um, you can only save the people who are swimming towards you. And so when you look at that, like the people that are swimming towards you, it's like you put something out there, maybe there's only 17 views or 37 comments or whatever that thing is, and you're freaking out, and you're stressed out, but those are the people that are, that are swimming towards you. Okay? And at first, it's going to be small. You're making a little ripple in the, in the thing. But as you keep doing this and you're consistent, you do it for a day and then a week and then a month and then a year and now 10 years, now 15 years, that gets bigger and bigger and more people will start swimming towards you. Okay? Um, when I started this game 15 years ago, I never visualized this. Like, I dreamt about it. I saw other people had stuff like this. And I was like, and I put in my dues, I put in my dues, and I put in my dues, and it compounds. And so don't freak out if you're not a bajillionaire tonight or tomorrow. It's a consistency thing, Right? Um, Tony Robbins says that we always overestimate what we can do in a year and we underestimate what we can do in 10 years. Um, if you guys saw the, the vlog we put out yesterday um, with me on, on uh, the private plane, did anyone see that yet? You guys all too tired last night? We had a crazy week two weeks ago. And we, anyway, but yesterday we had this, we had this flight and then the, in, the, uh, in the video um, I flew on uh, uh, Brian Underwood's private chain. Brian... Um, is the owner of Prove It. And Prove It launched the exact same time that ClickFunnels launched, like simultaneously. But if you go back two years prior to that, so six years ago, two years before ClickFunnels, two years before Prove It came out, uh, Brian and I did a project together. It was something we both put our time and our energy, and I put about six months of my life into it. Um, it was this concept, it was an idea, we launched it. 
Um, and from the outside, it looked amazing. We got 1.5 million people to subscribe to this thing in six weeks. We're like, we're going to be rich. This is it. Like, it's the end all be all. Like, I am retired. This is done. And then, like, it never finished. It never ended up happening. The whole thing collapsed. I think when all was said and done, I think my entire commission check from the six months worth of work and the project was like $47. Which, if you do the math on that, that's like a dollar every third or fourth day. It's pretty bad. Like, you remember Napoleon Dynamite when he's like, that's like a dollar an hour. Like, it wasn't even a dollar an hour. It was like a dollar every week. So it was a lot of work. And it's just those things where you're like, you're, I know this is the thing, and it didn't work. But what's interesting is that, that like, the skills I learned during that process, like, it opened up my capacity to be able to handle the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. And you kept doing it, kept doing it. Because when, do, when you jump into something new, you guys notice this. Like, at first, you're, like, unequipped to do it, right? And you get in there, like, this is really hard. I can't do it. And then all of a sudden, like, if you take the challenge, you actually move through it and you do the thing, you increase your ability, your capacity increases. And then when you get to do the next thing, you're prepared for it. If someone would have given me this gift of ClickFunnels 15 years ago, guess what would happen? I would have destroyed it and burned it to the ground, right? I was not prepared. I had to go through 15 years of trial and error and trial and error and trial and error to increase my capacity, increase my capacity. So when I had a chance to step into this mantle in front of you guys and do this thing, I was ready for it. So don't stress out if you're like, oh, I want to be on the stage doing the thing. Like, you'll get there. You just got to be consistent and keep being consistent, keep being consistent. So six years ago, that company collapses. Brian is on the brink of bankruptcy. So am I. We're like trying to figure out what to do, okay? Two years later, he launches Prove It. I launched ClickFunnels. Four years later, Prove It this year will do half a billion dollars in sales. ClickFunnels will do over $100 million in sales. And so if you would ask me, like, in that year, I was like, we should be making millions of dollars this year. We didn't, right? We overestimated what we could do in a year. But if you'd have told me that we'd have a $100 million company, he'd have a half a billion dollar company within five, I wouldn't have believed it. We underestimated what was possible in a decade. So be in this game for the long haul because I promise you it's worth it. And everything compounds upon itself and it grows and it grows and it grows. So don't, don't stress out if you're like, where? I'm not where I want to be yet. Um, most of us aren't in a year, but I guarantee you'll be way past what you think is possible in the next 10. Especially if you stick with us and hang out because we're going to keep having fun like this. All right. Okay. All right. Let's jump into today. Um, today's going to be fun, I hope. It'll be fun. All right. So I'm going to kind of recap um, the framework that we started yesterday. So this is the framework of the Traffic Seekers book. The first half of this will look familiar to you guys now. All right. So the first half, if you start on the left-hand side over here, the foundation of this whole thing is the Dream 100. The foundation of traffic is not how to run a Facebook ad. The foundation of traffic is understanding where are my dream customers already at? Who already has those people? Who's already congregated them? And figuring out exactly where those pockets are. Because some are on Facebook, some are off Facebook, some are on blogs, some are on podcasts. Like, they're all over the place. When you open your eyes to that, your world becomes huge, right? So the first step is understanding the Dream 100 and really understanding. We talked a lot about like Dream 100 isn't just sending out boxes to people, right? It's about following the people, getting to know them, getting to, to figure out how can I serve these people? What can I do for them? How can I get to know them, right? At an intimate level. The more you do that, the more you understand the market, the more you understand the people in the market, the better you can influence them, and the better you can do relationships and deals with them. Number two step in this, I've challenged all of you guys to start your own show. How many of you guys published your first episode last night? I was tagged in a few of them. Yeah, good job, you guys. Congratulations for those who took action. The rest of you guys, you have till lunch today, and then we're kicking you out when you're just kidding. <laughs> we'll have that as a criteria when you come back through the door. Did you launch your thing yet? Um, Publishing your show. The goals of doing the show are multiple, right? Number one, for you to find your voice. Number two, for you to test material. Number three, for you to test your hooks and figure out what things people actually resonate with. Number four, to have a platform that you can now use to leverage your Dream 100. 
Okay? All these things are so vitally important. So you start getting your message out. You start becoming comfortable. Okay? And again, it doesn't have to be a Facebook Live. It could be a blog post. It could be a podcast. It could be whatever, you, whatever medium you guys feel most comfortable in. That's the next step. Right? The show is distribution channel. It's on other platforms, so you don't own it, but you do control it, and it's a super powerful thing to have. Right? So Dream 100, and then you have your show. Now the next step is we start leveraging the Dream 100 to get traffic we control and traffic we earn. Right? We figure out, okay, here's the Dream 100. Here's the people we're going to be buying ads from. We're going to be bu- leveraging things like we can buy our way in. And then down here, it's like, how can we also work our way in? So you're leveraging all these pockets of customers to either buy people into your funnels or to, uh, or to work and get them free into your funnels. So that's kind of where we left off with tonight or last, last night. So today we're going to pick up now on this next phase. We're going to be going into front-end funnels, how to convert all this traffic into, into uh, your lists. We're going to be talking about how to actually convert this into traffic that you own. I'm going to be walking deep into that today. And then from there, after you own this traffic, now how do you ascend those people? How do you provide more value to them? And then they provide more value back to you. Um, how many of you guys have heard me talk about the concept of break-even funnels in the past? How many of you guys get that? And you're like, sweet, I get it. Okay, this is like, for, I love that we're like, as a community getting, like, when I first started talking about breaking even funnels, like, it was like I was speaking Chinese to people. They're like, wait, wait, wait. So you drive traffic and you try to break even. I'm like, yes, if we break even, we freak out and have a party. They're like, but you just broke even. I'm like, you don't understand. The, the first funnel is just to get the person into my black box. Now, they, now I own them. If I can get that person for free, oh my gosh. But, but all they sell is one thing. I'm like, you have to stop selling just one thing because if you do, like, it, it doesn't make any sense. In fact, oh, can I make fun of people today? Am I allowed to? Okay, these are two, this is probably like, <laughs> I'm in so much trouble for this. All right. <laughs> I'm so sorry. This is what you get when I'm unscripted. Okay, so... Um, Infusionsoft announced this week to their partners um, that because so many people have been teasing them about their name, you guys, it's your fault, not mine. I... <laughs> I made the t-shirt, um, but you guys wore it. <laughs> it's got out right now. <laughs> I did not know we were going to have one of these. So... It's your fault. So because you guys keep wearing these shirts everywhere and they got upset, um, they are taking 18 years of branding, branding and flushing down the toilet and changing their name. <laughs> so they're going to have a whole new name, which is not confusing at all. That makes total logical sense. <laughs> anyway, so, but in other news... With the new rebrand, they decided they needed, more, they needed to have more money. So they had two options. Number one, they could have hashtag Dunt Russell didn't actually build a, build a funnel. Or number two, they could raise $20 million in new funding. And they took number two. So they just raised $20 million in new funding to be able to grow their company. I'm like, how much more money do you need? You have 100, what, 147 million they've taken so far? Or they could have just built a front end funnel. Anyway, I don't know. So I'm praying... So you guys don't take on funding. Like, this is so much easier, I promise you. Okay, I'm so sorry. If any of our Infusionsoft friends are watching this, I didn't want to offend you. I just, I, okay, all right. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's your fault. All right. Okay, so um, where did you up in front of funnel? That's what the session today we're going to talk about. Um, to begin with, I want to talk about your black box. This is the traffic that you actually own, okay? Back in the day, this was an email list for, um, for me, right? 
All we ever talked about, build a list, build a list, build a list. Um, today, the markets and what we have has evolved. It's grown. It's gotten better. And it's, it's amazing, right? And so what your black box is, if it's bigger than just lists, is all your data, right? We call it the black box because um, I think I mentioned this yesterday. Um, if you look at like a plane, right? When a plane's flying, in every single plane, there's a black box. And the black box is hooked up to the, all the central everything. And it's recording all the data inside the plane. It's recording uh, the engines, the lights, the, the takeoff, the speed. The, like every, everything's happening in a plane. It's recording everything in all, at, all the time. And it's stored in this black box. And the black box is there. So if the plane wrecks and it dies, and the whole thing blows up, the black box is like indestructible. Like it's always there. And they go through the wreckage. They find the black box. They pull it out. They open it up. And they see exactly what happened in, to the plane, right? So it's like the, all the centralized data that's protected inside of a plane so they have it no matter what happens, right? So that's what the black box is. For you, it's the same thing. This black box is, is all the data, everything you're doing in your business, all the ads you're buying, all the things you're earning, everything's happening out here. It should all be collecting to this black box because this is your tangible asset. When somebody buys your business someday, this is what they're buying is this black box. It's your customers, it's your data, it's all that stuff. Like that's the most valuable asset inside your business, okay? Um, and so what is inside your black box? There's a whole bunch of stuff, and it'll probably continue to grow. I kind of made a list. There's, these are all your pixel data. This is your emails. This is your subscribers. This is your Facebook messenger people. This is your buyers, your hyperactive buyers, your phone numbers, your addresses, uh, your desktop push notification. Like, all the data from all the subscribers, all the customers, everyone you've got. Like, this is all that stuff that you're getting inside your box. Okay? This is the traffic that you own. And over this presentation, the next presentation, we'll start going into like, how to use all this stuff and the sequencing and how it works and, and psychology behind all of them so you get deeper into this. But the biggest thing to understand is like, that's our goal in our businesses. Okay. Yesterday when Nick was up here, you remember talking about that? Like, Nick, you're doing these Facebook lives. It's awesome. Have you ever had given a call to action to give somebody to, to get into your black box? And he's like, no, I'm like, that's like, this is the part you're missing. Okay. This is the magic trick. When, um, man, every time I almost went bankrupt in my company, <laughs> which hopefully is encouraging to all of you guys more than once, um, my black box, this is what saved me, right? It's like everything's falling around. I remember, um, I think I told this yesterday too, I was in an office with a bankruptcy lawyer trying to explain things. And I was like so frustrated because, um, in fact, it was funny because the first thing he asked me, is like, do you have any money? I'm like, no, that's why we're here. He's like, well, how much, like, uh, do you got like any cash at all? I'm like, I got like, a couple hundred bucks. He's like, okay, pay me that and that'll be my, my fee. I'm like, that is like horrible. So I'm like, here's the last money I have. And then I'm sitting there and as I'm sitting there listening to him talk about these things, I was so annoyed. I was like, I have an asset that's worth insane amounts of money. Um, and it's my customer list, my relationship with them. I remember going back that night, and this is the time we'd gone from 100 employees. We had to lay off like 70 or 80 people. We were in this big, huge 20,000 square foot building. We had to shrink down. To, we had to move out of this office. And everything's happening. And I meet with the bankruptcy lawyer because I needed him to go tell the property owner that I had to get out of my five-year contract for this 20,000 square foot building. And it's like all this just stress, right? And so we're packing everything up. Um, half my team just walked out on me. It was really horrible. I remember Brent and I were down in this call center we had in the basement, and they had kicked, they had these wax, um, sensi wax things that had been kicked over. There's wax all over the carpet. We're down there with butter knives, scraping wax off the carpet at like 2 o'clock in the morning because we didn't want them to find us for the carpet because they had no money. All this craziness, right? I'm sitting there just upset. I'm like, we're like, everything's crashing around us. I'm like, we have this thing. We have like a list. Like how in the world? Like we have to figure out how to do something. As I'm sitting there scraping wax off the carpet, wondering what to do with my life, I was like, we just need to make an offer. Like, what, is, what does our list want? Like, what do we have to provide value with? And I sat there for a few minutes. I started thinking of an idea. And, um, and I put an offer in my head. And so like that night, I jumped on my list and I emailed my list like, hey guys, we're doing a webinar. It's coming up this week. It's going to be amazing. I'm going to talk about all this stuff. And I got people excited. We got two or 3,000 people from our black box to register for this webinar. And then the night that we had to be out of our building, the night like we had to hand the keys in, um, we're sitting there in this office, all the desks are gone, all everything's gone. All I had left was like my chair and a laptop 
And it was like on this box that we had. And I remember because I had my shoes off, I just had socks on. And I looked at it and I had like three or 400 people were like that actually were on the webinar. And I was like, oh, here we go. I clicked open, the whole thing opened up. And I told them the one thing. I told them secret number one, secret number two, secret number three. I told stories. I built, uh, broke false police. I did the whole process I've been teaching you guys for the last couple of years. Made an offer at the very end. And, uh, and from that offer, we made enough money um, to... To, um, to get into our new office, to pay the employees for the next couple of weeks, to get everything in spot, and, um, and figure, have enough time to figure out like, what we were going to do with ourselves when we grew up. Okay? But if it wasn't for that, I would have been screwed. And that's happened more than once. Okay? During the ups and the downs, and the ups and the downs in your business, the only thing that will give you stability is this, your relationship with your audience. Okay? So if, if I haven't driven that into your head enough, um, just keep driving it in. Like, this is the most important part about traffic. All this traffic stuff we're doing is just to get it here. Imagine tomorrow, Zuckerberg snaps his fingers um, and everything disappears except for your black box. How long would you last? It's a scary thought, right? Okay. So that's what you have to think about. If everything disappeared, this is this all that's going to sustain me. How big is that? How, like, what have I done with that? How have I built the relationship with those people? Okay. That's the tangible asset in your business. Because when that comes out, the Zeno snap happens, I hope... All of us are prepared. All right. Okay, so I'm going to walk through. This is going to go back to some old school dot-com secret stuff. Um, I'm going to walk you through seven phases of the funnel because these are the front-end funnels. And I need to show you the phases because this is going to show you how we gather all this data in the black box. And the next presentation, we start going to follow-up funnels. You'll see then how we start leveraging all these things and, and how the communication channels work and the frequency and all these kind of things as well. Okay? All right. So the seven phases of a funnel. Seven phases. Uh, uh, funnel. The first time I ever taught this, actually, was at a Dan Kennedy Peak Performers meeting. Anyone ever been to, anyone here in Peak Performers back in the day? Were you there when the first time I taught this? No? Okay. Um, it was really cool. He wanted me to come teach some, some Ninja Funnel stuff. This is free click funnels. And I was like, thinking about it, I'm like, what can I teach? Like, what's the most thing that's most valuable? I think, I was like, I think the thing that people struggle with the most at that time that I wanted to talk about was just the customer journey, right? Everyone's talking about like, how do you get someone to click on the ad and buy the thing? And it's just like, Every, I can tell when people look at traffic as traffic because that's the words they use. I'm like, you got to think about it differently. Like, think about traffic as people. Like, imagine you're going to the store and you're like trying to get people like somewhere. Like, it's just people. It's so, like, what's the path I'm taking these people on? And if you're thinking about logically, it's like, oh, this actually makes a lot more sense. Okay? All right. So this is seven phases of the funnel. Down here, this is our big black box. Call it black box. This is where we're going to be dumping customer data into as we're going through these seven phases, okay? All right, so phase number one. This right here is what we talked about yesterday with understanding different traffic temperatures, right? So you have like hot traffic, warm traffic, and cold traffic, okay? The first phase is like when I'm doing this, like where am I grabbing these people from? So I'm going to communicate with them differently depending on where they're at, right? If they're my hot traffic and they're my list and they love me, I'm just going to be like, hey, go buy this thing. And they're like, oh, they're going to go buy the thing. It's really easy, right? So if we do that, phase number two over here, phase number two is, uh, let's see. These are the little bridges. This is uh, the pre-frame bridge. Okay? So the, the hot traffic, the pre-frame bridge is really small. It's just me saying, hey, go buy something. With warm traffic, it's got to be bigger. I got to persuade them and convince them. With cold traffic, it's even longer. Like the, the colder they are, the bigger of a pre-frame bridge you have to have. Um, have you guys ever read the book Persuasion or Presuasion before? This is Cialdini's new book. It's awesome. It's all about this pre-framing, the pre-frame bridge. Like what you do to somebody before they show up to your page is almost more important than what actually happens on the page. 
Okay. First time I ever understood this, um, Armin Morin uh, wanted me to speak at one of his events. This is back. This is the first event I ever spoke at, or first of his events I ever spoke at. Big seminar, like I don't know, five or something, a long, long, long time ago. Um, and what was interesting, Armin told me, he's like, he said, um, just so you're aware, he's like, the way that I introduce you on stage will have more to do with how you sell at the end than what you actually say during your presentation. I was like, whatever. He's like, no, watch this. He's like. And then uh, I had spoken at some other person's event, and he was in the room, and he's just like, do you see how bad that was when, uh, when you got on stage? The guy got up on stage. He's like, hey, uh, our next speaker is Russell Brunson. He looks like he's 11, but he's actually older. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, Russell, come on up. And walked off. And I come on up. I walk on the stage. I'm like, hey, guys. Uh, and like the audience is flattened in like, oh, and I'm like, oh my gosh. And it took me like 30 minutes just to get people to smile. And then like, it was really, really hard. When Armin did it, and he told me the process afterwards, he's like, you look in my room. I'm in the room. I'm on stage. Like, I have all the authority. He's like, I'm here. I'm talking. I'm teaching. And everyone's loving me. I have all the authority here. He's like, then when I have you come on stage, he's like, I'm going to introduce you. And I'm going to make you look like a freaking rock star. I'm going to build this pre-frame that's bigger than anything else. And then when you come on stage and come up here and you're going to see me, I'm going to shake your hand and give you a hug which is like physically I'm transferring my authority from everyone here, from me into you, and I walk off stage, and then you have that authority as I leave, and now everything's shifted. The preframe that you entered changed the whole process. Okay, if you want to see this from an from a, from a, um, ad level, uh, Mark Joyner taught me this man 14 years ago. Um, he said, not all clicks are created equal. I was like, what does that mean? He's like, if you just get clicks from everywhere, it's not equal. I'm like, I think it is. Like, as long as my landing page is amazing, like, it doesn't matter how people get there, they're going to, like, they're going to buy my thing. He's like, okay, imagine this. You see an ad on a page, and it says, Russell Brunson is the biggest scam artist of all time. He told me this thing like, called Funnels is awesome. Turns out it sucks. It's hard. It's really annoying. Um, Shopify's better. Amazon's better. Uh, Russell and I stole my money. He stole my kids and my wife, and I hope he dies. <laughs> but he wrote a new book. You should check it out here. And there's a button. Right? Or he's now like, oh my gosh, Russell changed my life. This is what happened, how it worked. Um, his new book just came out. I just read it. And like, it legitimately is the next step. And the next, if you, if you read this book, I promise you'll change your life the way it changed mine. In fact, if it doesn't, I'll give you $1,000. Click here. Okay. They're both going to the exact same page, right? But the frame, completely different. Like the frame has more to do with actual sewing than almost anything else you do. Okay. Um, and so it's understanding that. So the second phase here is like the frame. So you figure out what the traffic source is and what's the frame I need to position the, position the, the funnel to actually convert at the best, at the highest level, right? So that's the first thing. So someone's coming here. And again, the, the frame, people ask me like, what is the frame? And, and like, it depends. It's a lot of different things. A podcast episode is a frame, right? I'm talking about something, I'm building a relationship and I'm sending you somewhere. Okay, Nick's Facebook Live talking about his story with me. That was a frame. If he would have sent somebody somewhere, his opt-in rate would have been like 95% because the frame was so good, right? Um, the email you send out, the email could be a frame. Like, all, like any, any piece before someone gets something is a frame you're sending somebody through, okay? Um, and again, with hot traffic, the frame can be, or the, the pre-frame can be a lot smaller. With warm, it needs to be bigger. And with cold, it's got to be, in fact, sometimes cold's longer, 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 right? That's like when we run Facebook ads sometimes. We show somebody a video, they watch it, and then we retarget them because they're cold, right? And we're trying to warm them up, so we're retargeting with, with more good content, more good stuff, and more good stuff. The bridge takes longer to build the relationships and get them to convert later, um, but that's kind of how it works, right? Um, so that's how, that's how the bridges work. All right, so now... In these bridges, some of these are like ads and stuff like that. So this is where data starts dumping down here into the black box, right? So somebody comes to, to your, into your world. Let's say they're on Facebook and they watch a video. It shows them the feed and they watch some, some length of it. 
All of a sudden, we have data on that, right? And so the data drops. So this starts dropping down into, into the black box. So the first thing I'll have is like, it's like pixel data, right? So we're getting, we're getting pixel data coming in from people, right? Okay, then we move now here to phase three. Phase number three in this is where we are taking all of this traffic. Okay, we're taking all of this traffic, and they're coming here to this page. And when they hit this page, a couple things happen. Number one, as soon as they hit the page, where they do anything, boom, we know they hit this page, we have pixel data, right? So the pixel data drops down here. Now we can follow them, we can show them ads, all sorts of cool stuff. But my goal here in this next phase is I want to say from all the traffic that I'm sending, right? In fact, if you step back here, it's the same thing. From all the traffic I'm sending, who are the people that are willing to actually click on something? Right, those are my clickers. So I'm looking for clickers in this phase. Then over here, for all the people that land right here, who are the people that are willing to exchange their information in exchange for something cool, right? So email or messenger. So I'm trying to get their email. I'm trying to get their subscriber. These people are inherently better people. From a lead scoring standpoint, I'm going to score people to give me their, their email address higher than I would score somebody who's just, just clicking on something, right? So here's my clickers. Here's people that subscribe. Now on this page, you just have email. A lot of times that's for messenger as well. So that drops down. If they do give me their information, it drops down and I get two more points of info. I get their email. All the email addresses start popping in. And if I do use messenger, all the Facebook messenger IDs start popping in, right? So boom, that's dropped down the back black box. I'm gap streaming information here, okay? So phase number three, so again, I'm getting, I'm finding my audience. I'm getting my clickers. I'm getting my subscribers. Now, as soon as I get my subscribers, I want to say, okay, of all this world, this is like, this is where the whole funnel concept comes from, right? Everybody on earth, people who saw my ad, people who clicked on my ad, people who gave me the email address. Now, my next question is, okay, if all the people gave me their email address, who are the people that are actually willing to go and run and find their wallet, pull out a credit card out? I call that person a buyer. One thing Dan Kennedy taught me way back in the day, he said, look, you have to understand the psychology of buyers. A buyer is a buyer is a buyer. Someone who buys will continue to buy until you either offend them or you stop selling them things. Okay? So you understand that. Like, if I understand if all these people coming through here, my buyers are going to be a better customer and they're going to continue to buy from me until I either offend them or until I stop selling them stuff. I want to identify all this traffic, who are the actual buyers as quick as possible. Okay? The reason why I do so many free plus shipping offers is because I'm trying to figure out who our buyers are. Okay? There's a different mentality of somebody who will drop everything, run and find their credit card and swipe it or click it or whatever, or face, you know, whatever. That person is a different caliber of a person for you. Okay? So I want to make an insanely irresistible offer, super, I don't care how much money I want, low ticket. Like, I just want to qualify who of all my traffic are actually buyers. That happens in phase number four here. Okay? Here's the first time I actually sell them something. And then all of a sudden the buyer data stops popping out, right? With buyers, I get their, their phone number, I get their address. I get their, I get their cell phone so I can text them. Like more data starts, starts popping through here, right? But now, does that make sense, you guys? It's, it's fascinating. Like how many of you guys consider yourselves buyers? <laughs> I love you guys. <laughs> and what's interesting is you will continue to buy until I either offend you or until I stop selling you stuff. I remember hanging out with Ryan Dice at, uh, in, uh, in the Bahamas and we were at Bill Glazer's mastermind group. We're sitting there with a bunch of people. And, uh, and this thing is like mine and Ryan's like first or second year. We're still like young, like excited people. And I was sitting there talking and he's like, why are you here? I was like, um, I don't know, because I gave Bill a bunch of money. Now I'm here. And he's like, no, no, but like, but like, why are you here? Like, why did you give Dan Kennedy and Bill Glazer all this money? I was like, I don't know. What are you looking for? He's like, do you want to know why I do it? I'm like, why? He's like, he's like, have you bought everything from J. Abraham? I'm like, everything's ever put out. He's like, have you bought everything from social? I'm like, everything ever put out. Have you bought everything from social? And like, yeah. And we named like four or five people. He's like, me too. He's like, I bought everything. Everyone these guys bought, right? Porcupines and heat. 
He's like, he's like I bought everything. I'm like, I have everything too. And I'm like, we're geeking out. He's like, the reason why I'm here, he's like, Dan Kennedy and Bill Glazer were the only ones that kept selling me stuff. I want to keep buying stuff. And he's like, this, they were the only ones that kept selling me stuff. So understand that your audience wants to continue to buy. Okay? It's you that you just mental block. Like, oh, I don't want to offend them. Right? But they want to buy. They want the next thing. They want more of it. And so they will continue to buy until you either offend them or you stop selling them stuff. That's why this value ladder process is important. Just keep letting people buy. Give them the opportunity. Um, all right. So I'm figuring out my buyers as quick as possible because I know these are higher quality people. Now, after I've gotten these buyers in, now it's like, man, I, I'm willing to spend more money to market to these guys than these guys, right? I'm willing to spend more money to market to these guys than these guys, right? Because it's just like the value of each person goes up at every single step in, in the phase here, okay? Um, all right, so these are our buyers. Now, the next step is like, okay, I found out who my buyers are, but who are like my insane hyperactive buyers who just want to throw money at everything? By the way, how many of you guys are in this room? Okay, so then I'm like, well, who are my insane hyperactives? Like, I want to find out who those people are because I'm willing to spend even more money to sell to them, right? So this is like our upsells. Right? This is where we start selling more. It's like, okay, this person I bought free for shipping book. Maybe that was like uh, hard for them, but they're buying the upsells and the events and other things. It's like, okay, these are hyperactive buyers. I'm willing to spend more money to market to them than I would to people here. Right? Lead scoring, recency, frequency, monetary value. Right? All the stuff we talked about yesterday, like every step in this phase, that person, if you look at your, your, uh, your value score in Actionetics, keeps going up and going up and going up and going up as they go through each step of this process. Right? All right. Now, this is kind of where typically most funnels kind of end at phase five. Oh, yeah, more, more data drops down here. We find out more who are hyperactive, who are our higher um, uh, value scores. So you got those coming here. So you can see the increased value scores as well. Okay, and this is kind of where the, the traditional funnel kind of ends online. And now it's like, this is where most people like, this is where most people's entire business runs, right? This is the whole uh, break-even funnel. Like my goal, if, if I can get them to this point and break even, man, I got all this data for free. That's awesome. And if I have a funnel that's profitable, that's even better, right? Then I made money while getting all this data to start building in my black box. Now, the next phase, phase six, um, is where we start taking them off this funnel. This is where we call it aging and ascending the relationship. Phase six. Okay, so we're aging and ascending this relationship, right? So from here, it's like I communicate with them. I get them up, listen to my podcast. I offer them other products. I put them on my webinar. I take them to live events. Like I'm taking them through other things, other funnels, other processes to, to deepen the relationship, right? Um, uh, and when you think about that, like, I don't know how you guys feel, but I, I feel like every step, every tier, like, you have a deeper relationship with, with the people you're serving, right? Dan Kennedy used to talk about, uh, he said that if you, if you look at how your, your value ladder process was to work, he's like, you're like the guru on the, on the hill. And as people get closer to you and closer to you, they, they spend more money, right? Like, um, people that I come into my world that just buy a book, I don't know most of their names, right? At this level, I know, I probably know... 30% of your name is like pretty, pretty confident right now if I was doing it now. Inner circle, I know every single person's name. I know the backstory. I know their kids' names. I know everything about them, right? So every single tier up, like, it's like you be, they build a better relationship with each person. You get closer and closer and closer to you, right? And that's this whole thing about aging and ascending. This might be a year, five years, 10 years, but it's a continual process you're taking people on. And in phase number seven here, this is where you change the selling environment, right? This is where you're maybe taking direct mail. Maybe you're putting them on the phone. Maybe doing a live event. Um, if you read, I think it was um, Cialdini's first book. I might be wrong, though. It's hard to remember off my head sometimes. But um, he talked about, like, the, one of the most important things about persuasion is, um, is changing the environment. You change the environment, it's easy to persuade people, right? Because think about it. It's like when somebody comes in your world back here, where are they at? They're at their home. 
in their safe spot with their computer, boom. And they're like, their Diet Coke and their burgers and their fries and their stuff and their, their monitors. And like, this is like their sacred ground where they like, they're in control, right? It's the keyword warriors. That's why they go somewhere. They can like talk trash about someone and like threaten to kill them. And they're like, you know, five foot one, 119 pound, like little skinny guy who's never talked to someone in the world. But he can be the meanest man on earth because like, this is their thing, right? And so like when they're coming into your funnels, like they're in their like special area where like they, like this is where they're in control, Right? And so if you're trying to like persuade someone like, no, I, this is my spot. Like I own this. You have to think about it. Like, it's harder to persuade people, right? That's why usually when I'm selling something to someone in this state, it's like the low ticket stuff, which is just like, oh, dang, that looks awesome. Uh, grab your wallet, buy it. Boom, I'm in. Okay. But if I want to sell more expensive things, I need to get them out of this thing where they're in charge, right? I need to get them off and like get on a webinar, get on a teleseminar, get on the phone. Because then that guy's getting on the phone like, hello? And all of a sudden it's like, no, now I control the environment. It shifted, Right? I bring them into a room in an event. They come in and then I control the environment, right? Funnel Hacking Live, I can sell a lot of product there because I control the environment. We can set the stage, we can do the things and it's my environment, right? So you figure out ways, like how do you change the environment, right? And it does a couple things. Number one, I feel you can serve people at a higher level in different environments, right? I can do way more for you guys right here than you'll ever get sitting at home watching videos. Even if it's the same thing, if you guys watch this videos next week at home, it's not gonna be the same, I guarantee you. There's something tangible about being in the room and feeling the energy and the people and the networking and like all that stuff is different, right? So you change the environment because you can serve them at a higher level, but you also change the environment because you can influence them, you can persuade them. If you're trying to sell and ascend them, you can do that way easier in a room than somewhere else, right? If I do a webinar, uh, a good webinar, I'll close 15% of the people that are on the webinar during the pitch, right? If I go to a room, I'm pissed if I don't close at least 30%, unless it's 9,000 people, then my percentage is less, but the people make up for it. So I was all right with that right? Um, but it's just different because the environment's different. It's easier to sell in a bigger, in a different environment, right? So that's the last phase is we're, is we're, um, we're changing the selling environment. Okay. So those are the seven phases of the funnel. As we're taking people through this process, the data's falling down, pixel data falls down, email data falls down, messenger, credit card, address, phone number, cell phone number, value scoring, all these pieces start accumulating. And this is your customer rate. This is, this is the reason why we're taking all these people from all these traffic sources and washing them through a funnel, because the funnel takes people through here and then drops out all the actual tangible value of your business, right? And then this is now, and next session, we'll get deeper into this part, but that's the next piece, okay? All right, so what I want you guys to do right now is I want you all, here, I'm gonna pull up my slide to see the, the doodle, a little bit dead, better doodle. So there's the doodle ver- version of it. Um, what I want you guys right now is I want you to take your, your paper out right now, and you might need to turn the book on the side, but I want you to, to map out in your current business um, what you're doing at each of these phases, okay? My guess is most of you probably aren't doing all seven, which is okay. Some of these take longer. This might not be, you know, this is future stuff, things like that. Some of you guys have no bridges. You're just like running ads over here and it's like, oh, it's not working. It's like, well, maybe you need to warm them up more. Maybe you need a bridge. Or maybe you're coming here and there's no way to register. You're just like selling people stuff. It's like, okay, well, you're missing all your email data. Like there's data here happening. Or maybe you're not collecting pixel data. Or maybe you're not getting messenger. Like all these things are happening. And I just want you to kind of map out your current business as it is. Map out each phase, what's currently happening. Because I want you to see where the gaps are. Which pieces of this process are you actually missing? Okay. And this doesn't mean this has to be a free plus shipping. This, this whole process could be a webinar funnel, right? I come in here, I register for webinar. I get sold on the webinar, right? Like it could be happening through a webinar funnel. It could be a tripwire funnel. Uh, it could be a two-step order form here. I get the email data on the step one, step two's credit card. Here's my upsell, you know? It could be different. There's different funnels that fit into this process here, but conceptually, do you understand how it works? Subscriber data, buyer data, hyperactive buyer data. That's the process I'm trying to get as I'm washing somebody through a funnel. So I'm going to map out right now what your current thing looks like um, 
And then uh, and just so we can see the gaps, so you can be aware of them, okay? So we're going to give you, let's actually do five minutes on this one so you can think through it and, uh, and start right now. Ready? Go.
right, bring it back, bring it back. Okay, how many of you guys have a perfect seven-phase funnel right now with every single hole filled perfectly? No one? Anyone? One person? Two people? All right. How many of you guys felt like the gap that you were missing? Um, I'm curious, how many of the gap that you guys are missing is over here, you're not targeting, but you're just kind of, that's the gap right here in the very beginning. How many of you guys is the gap here somewhere in a pre-frame bridge? How many of you guys is the gap you're not collecting in email subscriber data? How many of you guys is the gap you're not selling anything yet, you're not getting buyer data? How many of you guys have no upsells, no way to find out hyperactives? How many guys have no way to age and send the relationship with your customers? And how many guys um, are not taking the selling environment offline at all? Okay. That's a good exercise then. There's a lot of holes. Okay. These are all the little pieces. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's a new product, new offer. All right. So what we're doing right now is I want to kind of do two things. I want to mush together what we talked about yesterday. We talked about uh, hook stories and offers. I want to mush it with... Uh, with these front-end funnels, okay? So a lot of people I know are thinking like, what, what's a front-end funnel? Is it a squeeze page funnel? Is it a tripwire funnel? Is it a webinar funnel? Is it a blah, 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 blah? Like the answer is yes. Like they're all front-end funnels, right? What I want to talk more about is like the psychology of like how you create one of these, okay? And so uh, to do this, let me see. I'm actually going to, all right, to start, start here, okay? So remember yesterday when we did the greatest showman thing and I was talking to you about figuring out initially what are all your potential products that can be put into an offer? Okay, there's a whole bunch of different, different things potentially could be put into it, right? So what I want you to think through right now is for the core thing that you're selling, and some of you guys have done this, some of you guys have done parts of this, but I want to like in your mind to brainstorm, okay, let's say I'm going to be selling... Um, let's say it's the Traffic Secrets book, okay? So I'm selling the Traffic Secrets book in, a, in like eight months from now, whenever the, the launch is happening, right? So I know that the first thing is gonna be the Traffic Secrets book. Now, if I just sell the Traffic Secrets book, then what I, the problem is I'm selling a product, I'm competing with everybody else selling products. So like, how do I change this from a product into an irresistible offer that's so good, people have to go run across their house to find their credit card, to run back to buy my thing, or if they don't have a credit card, to go beg their mom, beg their dad to get a credit card so they can buy the thing. Or if I'm a 12-year-old Russell, he goes and he like literally steals money from his parents because he has to have this book, right? How do you create something so irresistible that that's what happens? If people are like, oh yeah, it looks nice, you failed. You have to make an offer that's so irresistible that like you, like you, you just think about that. I think about 12-year-old Russell sitting there and I'm like twitching in bed like, I gotta mow the lawn again. I wonder if I can mow my neighbor's lawn too. Or like, ah, uh, maybe if I like rake leaves and mow lawns, like, uh, like, like want them freaking out because they have to have it. They desire it so bad. Okay, and it's hard to do with a book, which is the thing. Or hard to do it with just any product. If you're e-commerce, like it's hard to do it with your supplements. Hard to do it with your things. Like those things are good, but if I really want to create enough desire, I need to create an amazing offer, right? An offer that's going to get them to get out of their little sacred zone where they're like the king of their thing and like, okay, I'm going to get my wallet, okay? Um, I spoke at Justin and Tara's event last, <laughs> last week, and it was funny because before they introduced me, the story they told uh, it was really cool. They said, you know, we, we were learning about funnels. We bought the dot-com secrets book. And they found out Russell did an event in Las Vegas. It was the first fun hacking live ever. So like we went there and as we were driving there, we made us, we swore to each other 
that no matter what Russell tried to sell, we would not buy it. In fact, we made a rule that we would literally leave our wallets upstairs in the hotel room so there's no way you could buy it if you wanted to because there's no, I, I want I just have a wallet, right? And he said, they did that. We got in the room. We sat down. He said, by day number two, literally in the middle of the session, I was like, go, Justin, go. And Justin jumped up, ran upstairs to the hotel room, got the wall, came back down, and signed up in the back of the room. Okay? That's the kind of offer you want to create where even if they're hiding their wallet from you because they know that like, they can't help it. Okay? Even if your wife tells you, no, you have no money in your bank account, you have no possible way to, to physically afford it, you still walk over and you buy it. Right, Nick? And some of you guys are like, you're like, no, but I can't do that because what if it's like, if I wouldn't have done that, where would Nick be today? Right? <laughs> Quit feeling guilty selling stuff. You are changing people's lives when you do that. Selling is the most noble activity we could possibly be doing in this world, I believe. Right? Like, we need to be doing those things. So don't feel guilty selling. Right? Thank you. <laughs> um, but it comes back to making an offer that's so irresistible that, like, they're freaking out. Okay? That's why I know I got something good when people start freaking out. Right? Um, you guys know the 30-day challenge that we did last month? Was that an amazing, irresistible offer? Um, we literally have people right now selling black market books of the 30 days thing, and they're going for like thousands of dollars because it's off the market right now. People have flipped. Hey, he's like, I could sell mine. Like, that's a great idea. Because like, <laughs> it was an irresistible offer, and then it, we, to, we pulled it away, and people are freaking out because it's gone, right? And we'll bring it back in the future. But like, that's how you know you want to create something so irresistible that people are like, Gosh, dang it, I have to buy this. How many of you guys have, and I've seen this in the Facebook groups, I know, but how many of you guys are just like, man, anything Russell puts out, I just, I have to buy it, even if I don't want to, right? Okay, because I've gotten really, really good at this. How do I create an irresistible offer, right? So traffic secrets, I'm just thinking, brainstorm top of my head. So I have a book coming out. A book is cool, but it's not an irresistible offer. I need people to freak out. So if I give them the book, that's cool. What else can I give them for free plus shipping? Um, what else can I give them? Like, okay, well, what if we created software that did everything inside the book and we gave them a free, like, two-month trial to that. Like, that'd be cool. Now you got software, which has a huge perceived value, plus you got the book. You got software plus the book. What else could you do? What about, um, you know, in the book, I'm very strategic. I talk about the big strategies, but what if people want to dig deep into the tactics? How do you actually run Facebook ads? How do you actually run Google ads? What if I found the number one Facebook expert, I interviewed them, and had them show exactly how the, the tactics of the things I talked about in the book? What if I found the top YouTube expert, the top Google expert, and I interview all these people, and I get all the actual tactical stuff, so that after you read the book, and it's awesome, I need the tactics, then go to some members area and actually watch the videos that updated tactics. That way, if something changes in the future, I can change the video in the, in the members area, and I don't have to rewrite a book, because rewriting a book sucks, right? And what if, what if, what if, and that's how the game starts. What if, what if, what if, okay? So what I'm going to do right now, is when you think about this, for the thing that you're selling, right? Some of you guys, this is all you're selling. And if you're doing that, that's why you're struggling, right? This is a thing. This is a piece of it. So now we need to change this from a product to an actual offer, okay? And I need this experience. I need you guys to brainstorm, not just one thing, but tons of things. And it doesn't have to be logical, right? It could be literally fly to our office and John will drive all your traffic for you. That's awesome. How many of you guys want that? Yeah. Okay, so John will drive your traffic. My wife will cook you breakfast. Julie will build your funnel for you. Stephen will yell at you every single morning. Like, you, like, do whatever you want. Put them all in there, right? As many things as you want. But try to figure out, like, like legitimately, like, what people actually want. How else can I serve them? If it comes back to the point of service. Like, they get the book. How else can I serve them? Well, I could do this. How else can you serve them? Well, I could do this. How else can you serve them? Well, I could do this. How else can you serve them? And just do that and do it and do it and just keep filling these blanks in. That's where you're going to get your amazing offers, Okay comes back from starting at a place of service and figuring out what else can I do? What else can I do? What else can I do to make this experience better for this human that I'm trying to serve? 
Okay? So right now what I want you guys to do, I want to keep, I want to, uh, during this exercise, we're going to do it just for three minutes. Um, don't talk to your partners because it'll get distracting for everybody else. I want you guys just to focus on this for a minute. But I want you to put in your mind, we did the avatar exercise yesterday. Put in your mind, your Mike, your Julie, whoever your person is, and think about the product you're selling right now and write down the product first. And, you, and I want you to make, make a box just like this and start writing down as many things in this box as you can. And the first thing is just like, okay, here's the product. What else can I do to serve Mike? What else can I do to serve Julie? And write the next thing. What else can I do? What else can I do? Even if they don't make sense, don't be like, ah, oh, how logically am I going to do that? Don't, don't worry. It's like, just brain them as fast as you can, as many things as you can put out there right now, because I want a list of a whole bunch of stuff. The more, the better. I'd rather have 30 things than three. Like, even if they're horrible ideas, we can refine them later. I just want a whole bunch of ideas as fast as you can, okay? All right, so in your mind, put your dream avatar of the customer, and I want you to listen. What are the things you could create that would serve them at the highest level? You got three minutes to fill in your box. Ready? Go. wrap it up. Okay. All right. 
That three-minute exercise is something you guys should do often. In fact, I'm going to show you here. We're going to take a break in a few minutes. And after the break, um, like you're going to be doing this over and over and over again. For every Dream 100, you're going to do it. For, anyway, there's a hint. It's going to be amazing though. All right. So you have to become comfortable doing this and figuring things out and kind of figure out how else can I serve them, how else can I serve them, how else can I serve them. All right. Now, the next piece I want to do is every single one of these things that you created, all these little pieces, these little products you're going to turn into an offer, every single one of them has a story, right? Like literally, if I was to do a public speaking training, I could make this marker a bonus and I got a story for it. Who wants to hear the story about this marker? Okay. I guarantee at the end of this, you guys are all going to either want this marker or you will go and buy markers just like this. Okay, so the first 10 years of my life, I would go to events and two things happened. Number one, they would come up and they have one of those skinny whiteboards like this that are uh, vertical up and down, but not horizontal. And you know the problem with vertical things? Funnels go horizontal. And so I'd be like, step number one, step number two. And I'm like, dang it, I'm out of road. Like I can't, I have no more room to like, ah, and drove me crazy. And then I went to my very first UPW, Unleash the Power with him with Tony Robbins. I see him on stage and he has got not one, but two big, huge boards like this big. Right now, if you haven't seen Tony before, he's a giant and he's on stage and he's like, and he gets this marker and his marker is not like a little skinny marker like the ones I always used. His marker was like this big. And if you, who's ever been to UPW? So this is what Tony does. He talks about something oh, and he walks over to this big old huge Tony Robbins marker and he's like, and he comes back and it doesn't mean any, like there's nothing on the actual board other than like, like just marks and circles. Like there's no logical coherence. But I was like, dude, he looks so awesome doing that. And so I got home, and for the next three years of my life, I tried to find a board that wasn't narrow, that was wide. And I tried everything I do. I went over and over and tried everything. And then, uh, and then enter Melanie. We hired Melanie. She changed my life. She came into my world. Give her a huge round of applause. And one day I'm venting to Melanie about how annoying it is to do funnels on a vertical pad of paper. And how I spent three years of my life trying to find one like Tony Robbins. And then she's like, blah, 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 blah. she's like, found it. I'm like, what? She's like, I found it. I'm like, no, you didn't. Like I spent years looking for this thing. She's like, nope, these guys in like Italy make it or something. I was like, are you kidding me? And she showed me and sure enough, she found it. Next thing I know, a week later, she's got this in her office and I'm freaking out, right? It's the very first time I get on stage and I'm all excited to go write this, like to go do this thing to the inner circle. I'm like, what's up guys? And I'm on my huge whiteboard. I pull out this little tiny marker. I was like, I'm like, I feel like such a wuss. I was like, oh, and I'm like, Melanie, Tony Robbins, like he has these big markers. And like, I need a big marker too. And then Melanie found the Sharpie Magnum. And now I've got big markers just like Tony did. So when you sign up for my program today, I will send you your very own Tony approved Sharpie Magnum markers. <laughs> okay, so every, every piece of your offer, if you take it out here, every single one of them, there are multiple hooks and a story for every single thing, right? And if there's not, you got to figure out what is that story. If I can make a freaking marker emotional and exciting, you guys can make all the crap you wrote down and exciting. If you can't, get rid of it. Okay? Because when I'm selling you on something, um, I'm telling you stories about all the different components of this thing. Right? If you guys watched my presentation at 10X, when I got on stage, I wasn't like, you're going to get funnel, uh, funnel builder secrets, and you're going to get quick funnels, and you're going to get traffic secrets, and you're going to get things. Like, I spent like five minutes on every single one telling the story of the bonus. I didn't say, oh, you get traffic secrets and membership site with a whole bunch of traffic. I was like, all right, this is the deal. So you guys remember that guy, John Reese, I talked about that made a million dollars in a day? 
So he had this software, this company called Traffic Seekers, and um, every single year he updates the the the, the um, he updates uh, the the membership site because traffic's always changing. He does every single year, every single year. And last year he redid it all, and I spent a thousand dollars to buy it. And I went in, I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. I watched that, and inside the members there, he uh, walked through over 217 different ways to get traffic. I didn't know there's that many ways, like, like, I didn't know it was even possible. And I saw it, and I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Every single person who buys my course needs to have this, this traffic thing. So I called John, and I'm like, hey man, can you, um, can you give everybody um, traffic secrets who buys my stuff? He's like, no, like, this, <laughs> this is my business, this is like what I do for a living. I'm like, I know, but like, everyone needs this, and I just want to give them for free. He's like, no, you can't do that. I was like, dang it, like, Ah, what if I just bought the company from you? Then I could give it to everybody for free, right? He's like, no, like, like literally this is my life. I'm like, what will it take? I need to buy your entire company so I can give it to everybody in this audience for free. And finally he's like, all right, how about this? You give me a million bucks, I'll give you the whole thing. I was like, oh, you know what? But I care enough about you guys to do it. So I actually wired him a million dollars. In fact, check this out. There were uh, seven different wires. You can't wire a million dollars in one wire, I found out. So I had to do seven different wires to send him. This is the million dollars I spent so I can give this to you guys for free. How many of you guys want this for free? Oh, cool. When you sign up front of the building, you say your next thing you're going to get is traffic secrets. The entire course John recreated. I spent a million dollars to give to you guys for free. Boom. How much perceived value is in that thing now? Insane, right? Funnel scripts. I'm like, hey, you can get this funnel scripts. The software writes your funnels. It writes the copy in your funnels. Like, I could do that. That's what most people do. But no, there is a hook and a story about every one of these bonuses. So when I get to the funnel scripts, I'm like, hey, this is funnel scripts. Now, if you do a funnel, the most, ex- the, the most frustrating part is the copy. In fact, check it out. Here's different sales that I paid this copy. here: 20 grand, 15 grand, 30 grand, 20 grand, 50. Like all the sales that I spent money for. Like, that's what I spent for copy in the past, right? And the thing that sucks is only one of these six sales letters actually worked, okay? It's frustrating. It's expensive. And so I had my friend, Jim, uh, Jim Edwards, who um, he's a direct response nerd. So he went back from the beginning of marketing till now. He went through every single magazine, every single uh, direct mail piece, every single thing, and found the best of the best headlines on planet Earth. He took them and there's like 400 of the best headlines in the world. And he realized that every single headline had a formula. Okay, they weren't all unique, and you could plug them into any single product if you just change the words around. So you build the software. You literally go and you fill in uh, like ten different blanks about your product. You click a button, and instantly you get four hundred of the top converting headlines written by the top direct response marketers of all times. People like Dan Kennedy, Gary Howe, like all these people who are the legend in our world will literally write your headline for you. Okay, you take five minutes, click a button, boom, the entire thing pops like one hundred fifty headlines to test. And not only did it with headlines, he also did it with emails. I mean, he was like, I don't send my list. You have the highest converted emails, built a wizard, you click a button and pops out your emails. Plus he did it with um, Facebook ads, with your uh, banner ads, with your, right? Okay. Now this is something that's amazing. Um, so instead of spending $25,000 for your next sales letter, um, I'm going to give you guys funnel scripts for free. How many of you want funnel scripts for free? Oh, they go crazy. Cool. We're going to include that too when you buy today. Okay. So every single one of these things, there needs to be a hook and a story behind it. Because I'm going to talk about those and go deeper and deeper into it, right? That's how you increase the value. Like, if you look at, like, when I'm selling something, um, there's two ways to make what you're selling cheaper, right? The number one way, this is worth its own doodle. Hold on. Okay, there's two ways to make something cheaper. Okay, number one way, I'm not sure I'm doodling now, is to make it actually cheaper, Right? This is where we get in these commodity wars. And it's like this race to the bottom, right? I need to make mine cheaper. I need to make mine cheaper. I need to make mine cheaper. The other way is you increase the offer so much that the value goes up that it seems cheaper, right? Okay. So either I drop the price or increase the value. Either way, it becomes cheaper. Okay. For example, I've told this story a couple times, but um, uh, if I was going to go into the iPhone market, right? And I log on, I'm like, hey, I'm selling an iPhone. I guess I don't look at this anymore, but... 
There's an iPhone, right? If I'm going to sell an iPhone, but look at that. Everyone online selling iPhones for the same price, right? Apple, Best Buy, like, anyway, Target, all places you can go, they're going to be the same price. It's like 500 bucks, right? So if I'm going to go compete on this, only thing I can do is like, is if I'm going to compete to make this cheaper is go on price. Like, hey, well, he's selling 500, I'll sell for 400, I'll sell for 300, 200, and like the race to the bottom, right? Which sucks. It's the worst thing ever. Or I can make, okay, how do I increase the value so that this phone right here is worth $50,000, if I can make this worth $50,000, then I can sell it for 1000 way easier, right? Or 2000 or 5000 So how would I do that? I'd say, okay, well, if you buy the phone from Best Buy, you get the phone. But if you buy my phone, what's cool is I got a whole bunch of really cool things on here, right? I preloaded it with a bunch of amazing things. And I could show, like, for example, this app right here. Um, this is iBooks, right? Like, what it is, um, uh, in the last, man, 20 years, I've spent... I think last time our accountants tallied up, it was like $650,000 in marketing courses. I literally bought every marketing sales, personal development persuasion course that's ever come out since the beginning of time until now. Um, and I had my brother take all of these things and rip them and put them into audiobooks. And he put all the audiobooks onto my phone. And if you click on this app right here, it opens up $650,000 worth of marketing sales persuasion courses. And they're all on the phone. So you buy the phone for me, I will give you that app and it has all the courses as well. So that's number one. The second thing you're going to get, on here I have my own personal uh, Rolex, all the people I call. So Tony Robbins' phone number is in there. Um, a bunch of other cool people's. I stole James's phone. I got Ivanka Trump's number in there as well. Like a whole bunch of things. We got a whole bunch of famous people's numbers. Uh, Robert Kiyosaki's in there. Dean Grassi. Like everyone who's made me uh, who I am, all their contact information is in there. So I'll leave my phone book in there. She so can do that as well. So the first thing you're going to get is, uh, is my audiobook library. Next thing you're going to get is my contact list. Um, the third thing you're going to get is Voxer. Um, Voxer is actually connected to my Voxer. So if you have any questions from this point forward for the rest of your life, just Vox me and I'll tell you the answer. It'd be really fun. And, uh, and I could do this. I could keep going on, right? Um, I bookmarked uh, all my favorite podcasts. If you're wondering like, what podcast does Russell actually listen to, I bookmarked them all. They're all subscribed. You just get the phone. You listen to the most important podcasts. Um, on every social network, I create a new account and I follow the Dream 100 in every single one of the categories so that you can just log into Facebook and see all the people I'm following. So um, how many guys would give me $1,000 for that phone right now? How many guys would give me $5,000 for that phone right now? $10,000 for that phone right now? Yeah. $50,000 for that phone. $100,000 for my phone? <laughs> All right, this is an auction. Do we have any auctioneers? All right, for the first person. Just kidding. Insane, right? So there's two ways to become cheaper. Number one is you decrease the price. Number two is you increase the value. That phone seems super cheap right now, right? I did not decrease the value. I increased the offer. Does that make sense? Okay, there's two ways to win. Number one is be the lowest price leader in town, right? Dan Kennedy told me this. There's no strategic advantage of being the second lowest price leader. So instead of being the second lowest price leader, be the most expensive. There's a huge strategic advantage of that, right? And so make an amazing offer, the value goes up, and you can sell a phone for $50,000, $75,000. What was the ending? I'm just like, I got to think about this for a little bit now. Anyway, all right. Okay, so what I want you guys right now... We're going to do an exercise. I want you to spend three minutes doing this, but this is something to do long-term. And then after, after that, we're going to take a 30-minute break, um, drinking bathroom break. What I want you to do is I want you to come back to your list right here, and I want you to start thinking on these, like, what is the story associated with those? And some of you are like, I don't know the story is, but think about it. Like, why did you want that fat marker? Why did you include There's a reason why you're excited by that, okay? So just even if you go, like, just grab right here and be like, oh, yeah, this is the Tony Robbins marker story. Then, boom, this one is the thing. As many as you can think of, there's a story attached to it. Circle it and write what the story is so you'll remember, like, oh, yeah, that's the story about this. There's a story about that. Do as many of those things as you can for the products you create up there. We're going to spend three minutes on that, and then when we're done, we'll take a 30-minute break uh, to get drinks and bathrooms. Sound good? 
you've been listening to one of our gold members only podcasts, make sure you upgrade and become a diamond member and get access to the diamond members only podcast as well. On top of that, you'll also get access to the whole enchilada with all dance courses and so much more. So make sure you upgrade to diamond now by going to diamondupgrade.com.